everybody. It is Jacqueline Kitzman, and I am here with Bernadette Sterling from Sterling Hawk on Instagram, correct? Uh, correct. I'm really excited to get to talk to you face-to-face because I have felt very close to you for a while, and I'll tell you why. And I did not tell you this when we were talking before. I wanted to say that you gave me some really wonderful advice on wedding makeup. Do you remember this? Oh, goodness. That was, that was a while ago. Yeah, I do remember that. And you sent me just like, I mean, so many people did, but you sent me like products and you sent me like how you use them and what you use them for. And I took that to heart and I ended up doing so many of so much of what you said and like the advice you gave. And like, I was so thrilled with my, with my wedding makeup. And I look back at pictures and like, I'm still like, Bernadette, help me with that. Uh, so yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. I, I, I love that I had a, a tidy contribution to, to your beautiful, perfect day. That's awesome. You did. I was so thrilled because I don't know how to do makeup at all. And so you said, you were like, here's a product and this is what you do with it. And there's this product and I like this product or this product. And I was like, great. Yes. Keep it, keep it coming because otherwise I'm just wearing moisturizer and a little bit of blush. <laughs> um, I'm happy to have been, a, been of assistance. I'm, I'm here to help. Thank you. So for those who um, do not follow Sterling Hawk, and you should, she has the most wonderful curated Instagram. Um, you collect decks. Like you have a ton of decks that you use and you you talk about the imagery and you go through and you have like a really deep, uh, this connection with cards, like as you're going through and talking about them and writing about them and you really follow them, you, you know, like just the way that you write about them, you, your life is very, you're very in tuned with the way that the cards are talking to you. Oh, thank you. I, um, you know, I got into it mostly just for myself, to be honest. It was sort of uh, just me um, processing. I'd, I'd been through a lot and was just finally in a spot where I was able to to kind of take a look at it. And the cards really helped me with that. So in the beginning, I'm just looking at it like, I don't know what this means. <laughs> and I'm I'm such a guidebook person. And if you could see my, my bookshelf behind me, I mean, it's, it's floor to ceiling with tarot books and references <laughs> and decks and and um, as I got more and more into it, I fell in love with the, the imagery and just, I liked that sort of independent third party to help me talk about these different things that I was working on. So for me, it was a lot of um, self-healing primarily is the reason I got into it. I love that. And I think that's at least a, a reason a lot of us, you know, kind of pick up tarot. Mine was gifted to me, but like it became this tool for self-help. How long have you had tarot out of curiosity? <laughs> Um, solidly for about two and a half. Yeah, I think about two, two and a half years. Um, oh my, my first deck was a Barnes and Noble deck that I picked up. Uh, Mine too it was, was the, that uh, purple one and like the big orange book box. Um, no, it's the, um, oh, I wish I could get to it right now. It's the, uh, the crystal tarot and it oh. has all the pictures of the crystals on it. And I'm a big rock person. So I'm, I'm about my, my crystals. There's a big pile of them over here on my, on my reading space. I love it. I love, I, I, that would have been a really great deck for me because before I ever got tarot, I was like into rocks. Like I've always been into rocks. So that's really interesting. But I got my first deck from Barnes and Noble too, but mine was like a, uh, like a generic, um, Smith Rider weight kind of derivative art. Oh, okay. Uh, and I, I loved the idea of it. Like I used it, wore it out and then gave it to somebody else. So I don't have it anymore. I almost wish like I'd selfishly like kept it. I will get a deck and use it. Um, and then it'll make itself clear that it goes to another person. So then I have to give it away and then I don't have it anymore. And I love that. So you've had it for two and a half years and you bought your own deck. I did buy my own deck. Good. 
good for you. You know, have you heard that, that I'm sure you have, like, cause you've been doing this for two and a half years, but that there's this uh, folk warning that you can't buy your own tarot deck. It's bad luck or it doesn't work correctly. That's not, it's not true. No, I've, <laughs> it's so not true. Um, because the very, the very practical, reasonable part of me, you know, I, I, I try to be very in tune with, with spirit and, and what have you, but you know, the very practical part of me goes, it's ink on paper. I can buy the ink on paper if I want to. So I, d- I don't buy into um, a lot of those myths and folklore. I'm just like, ah, psh, we'll be fine. I can buy the ink on paper if I want to. Yes, you can. <laughs> you yes. absolutely can. Uh, <laughs> I love that so much. I, other than my first deck and a few more, like here or there, like I've bought all of my own. Like I'm like, I think, you know, you, you, you have a lot of decks. You probably get on, you see one you like and you want to work with. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to buy myself that self-care. Um, a new deck for me. I, it's fun. <laughs> It's so super fun, but the the real gateway drug for for me became you know as I as I got to know the the community and I got to work with people and you're like oh there's this rare out of print deck I want I want I want I'm like oh I can find that deck and <laughs> it's ridiculous I I if it is I can find it and that's how if you look at my collection there's a good chunk of them that are rare out of print and I mean I will hunt them down and I will find them and then I'm very very golem in the one ring about it. I'm like, I found it, my precious. But, you know what? Um, that, that is so funny because that's how I would be. I, I have a friend who went to Milan and brought me back like a, a handmade tarot deck. And I've like, not, I've like not left the house with it. Usually I'm like, oh yeah, touch my deck or whatever. But this one, I'm just like, nope, it's mine. Uh, it doesn't leave the house. A man in Italy handmade this. No one touch it. So, okay. I want to, first off, I want to ask you of any offerings. Do you do live readings? Is this a, is this a practice that you've, because I've talked to a lot of people who tarot is a business or I've talked to people that tarot is specifically for them. So in your life, how does tarot function for you? For me, it's primarily for me. Um, I, I do run the the Instagram account and I've had a lot of fun curating that and, and getting super fancy with it as time has gone on. Um, and I've, I've changed my tone a little bit when I do my posts that I do tend to make it not so much a me thing, but, you know, trying to use a, a you or a, a general ah. statement. So I try to help people in that way. And every once in a while, I'll, I'll feel called to, to give away free readings. Um, it, it's not a, it's not a moneymaker. It's a, it's a for funsies. I love that. I love that so much. I, you know, I do read, I read professionally, but I read a lot for free as well. Um, Tarot feels, it's so fun for me. Uh, I've never, ha- I, I, like I've had a lot of things that I love to do, but I've never had anything so consistently that I love doing. Like it just feels very natural. And so reading for other people, reading for my husband or friends or whatever, like primarily tarot is so much for me, you know, more than just, um, and tarot education specifically as well. Like I've done a lot of like free teaching. I think there's just so much you can do with this. That's, that really does like when it affects your life personally, as well as affecting so many people around you, just like as you go. And I know that like, I've read your Instagram and the, and the things that you write and like, it's, it's, I'm excited for this because we're about to pull a card, but uh, there's so much insight in there. So I'm really excited to like, have you talk to all of the listeners, mostly from New Zealand, I think. And <laughs> like here, you know, in France apparently as well and let them hear what you have to say about it. I'm very excited. This is very like, this is fun for me. <laughs> I'm excited too. I'm, I'm hoping I can actually come up with something to say. Of course, as time goes on and the coffee kicks in, I'm sure that won't be a problem. Oh, believe me, there's always something. 
<laughs> it, it, like there's always something I can say, Bernard. <laughs> All right, our card is going to be the star. Oh goodness, that's fun. Okay, Isn't give me fun? a moment. Big major arcana energy. Wow, that's impressive. I'm very excited. Um, I'll let you find it. Not gonna lie. I was hoping it was going to be the Hermit just because I like the card so much in the Light Sears deck. It's one of my favorites. And also oh. it reminds me of Led Zeppelin, which is my favorite band. So, Ooh. And also we're all quarantined. Like it all just And also we're all quarantined. <laughs> like one big giant circle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's been interesting. The, the dog is quite confused and doesn't know why I'm here all the time and doesn't understand you know, the work from home concept. She's an awful office assistant, but uh, a good, a good buddy. Oh, look at that. Okay. So for people that cannot see Bernadette's card, um, this is a person and they're kind of like holding, like almost like in a praying kind of position, but like not hands like pointed hands, like cupped a little bit. And they're looking up at a star, but it's, it almost looks like they're in space. Like kind of the colors going around, and also that could totally just be the warped colors on my camera. Uh, oh, maybe you could you can also probably explain it too. I'm just working with the traditional Smith Rider weight, which is a person pouring water from many different places, very naked, uh, with the North Star Sirius over their head. So, very naked. Yours is wearing clothes. <laughs> Mine is wearing clothes, um, and it's it's interesting. Looking at it, you know, with the with the hands in sort of a prayer position in front of her heart, and mm -hmm. then there's a, a string that's going up into the sky. So it's sort of, to me, it sort of looks like uh, sending a prayer, sending up hope, because the star is so much about about hope and just, you know, kind of, especially when you talk about the North Star, the North Star is a guiding light. You know, you read uh -huh. stories about people finding their way and explorers um, like Lewis and Clark, um, yeah. and John Wesley Powell, mm -hmm. and you always think about finding finding that direction, finding true north, and it's a, a guiding light, and you hope you're going to get there. But yes, this, you know, with the tether, and it looks like sending up a prayer or a kite or just sending up some kind of hope. Something you can hold on to. It's sending a string up to the star to make it kind of that kite thing. And what you were saying in regards to, when I think about this card, I think a lot about two different things in the way that I teach it. I think about the wise men going to find Jesus by following the North Star, but more more, I think, kind of um, that fits the tone of this card. I think about Harriet Tubman leading leading the slaves to freedom in this kind of this space where they followed the North Star. That's how they went and found North, right? Just kind of like all of them in this place of safety because they're not where they were. They're escaping, but they're still in a place of kind of danger. You know what I mean? Because the star, you don't get the star when everything is all solved. Like you don't get the star, like after the problem has happened, you get the star when you're in a moment of inhale, exhale. You're in a moment of like, you're breathing clearly because something is happening and there's peace in the moment. It's, you know, you're not there, you know, it's, you're in the woods and you're hiding and you're trying to get to freedom to where it's safe for you. But at least you're not on this plantation, you're moving forward. And I think that I don't, you know, when I'm thinking about the star and when I teach it, I feel like that concept of Harriet Tubman, like leading slaves to freedom is such a really beautiful concept in regards to the star. Cause again, it is not, you do not pull the star when you're a-okay. You know, you're, you're, you're holding on to hope you're tying a string to it. Very much so. And, and as we were talking about that, and that, that conjures up such a great image talking about Harriet Tubman, because 
if we're talking about the star and it being a guiding light, it, what came to mind while I was listening to you was the idea of you're in the thick of it, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. You have to keep going. There's hope. You're in it and it, and it is what it is now, but it's, it's that hope for better things. It's that idea of, you know, my personal mantra is be brave and keep going. Um, yeah. I came up with that after, after my, some things with my father and after my father passed. And it was just one day at a time, keep going, keep going, keep going. And so, you know, you're casting up that hope. You're, you're hoping for the light at the tunnel. And I think that's what inspires you to, to keep going and, and deal with whatever it is you've got going on. Yeah, because the star isn't, hope isn't an ending, right? Hope is, uh, it is that light at the end of the table. <clears throat> tunnel. Can you tell that it's just morning and I'm wacky yeah. at the table? It's the light at the end of this table. Um, when you don't arrive at hope, hope is something you consistently have. When you have arrived at the thing you hope for, that is the completion of a dream. That is a success. That is the sun. You know what I mean? That's, that's that card. The star is something you hope for. Hope is not something you can hold. It's a, I literally was teaching my nanny kid, um, because I'm also homeschooling them this week about abstract nouns. This kind of this concept that hope is a noun, but it's an abstract noun because you can have hope, but you can't physically hold it. It's something that's inside of you. So it's technically a thing, but is in an abstract way. So hope is not something that you eventually can get to and grab. It's a thing that you have to have to push you forward. Because if you don't have hope, you're not moving forward. So even though the star is very often depicted as a person kind of kneeling in the place that they are, it's also a very moving card because typically we have water in that card. And water is a, um, it is considered a renewable resource, but it's also something that's cyclic because we have, if you think about it, a finite amount of water on earth. It can change uh, I almost said positions like a fucking yoga, but no, it can change <laughs> states <laughs> and become liquid, ice, uh, air, steam, whatever. But at the end of the day, we have a finite amount that recycles and goes through different states and stages of being. And that kind of, I think, rings for the star there and that you know, they, at least in the Smith Rider deck, you have like almost like a circular water, like somehow like they're pouring water into the thing and it's coming back up into their pitcher and they're pouring endlessly. Um, just kind of this thing of, you know, like you feel stuck in the moment, but if you like, but hope can be your water. Hope can be that thing that's got helping you move forward to get to that light at the end of this table. Yes. And trying to get to the light at the end of the table. <laughs> This is my podcast yeah. the way it is, Bernadette. <laughs> it, it is what it is. It's it's fine. I, I make up words sometimes too. No no big deal. But uh, you know, talking about the water, and when we talk about water uh, specifically in the tarot, we know that that's that's emotions. So it's fluid. It's it's moving. It's it comes and goes like waves. And sometimes it's little waves, and sometimes it's big waves. But I think when we're talking specifically about the star, you know, hope. You know, when you get down in the grind and you're just working, 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 and in this star, particularly with um, the light seer's deck, you know, with her looking up, it's it is that breath, and it's it's asking to be filled up and to be renewed with hope, so you can keep going to get through the tunnel to the light at the end of the table. Yes, the light at the end of the table. Uh, every so often, I wonder if I should actually title these episodes after one of like the most asinine things that's said during the podcast, but then it would just be confusing. Nobody would get star from light at the end of the table. It's just... No, I don't think so, but no, I, I, think I, so. I like the idea. I think, I think it's clever. Well... I support you. 
the the idea is clever. The actual saying it is the, <laughs> if I could just avoid the actual saying of the stupid thing. But yeah, no, the star is the stars are one of my one of my favorite um, one of my favorite cards in the deck because there are cards in the deck that can be triggering. Not because they're bad cards by any means, but then there are cards that are not triggering in any way. And the star is one of those cards. The star is not a triggering card. It is, you know, when people pull it, it's kind of like, it is like hope in itself to pull the star. The way that you feel when you pull the star in a situation, like how is work going, pulling the star, you know, whatever else. It's like deep breathe. You're fine in this moment. The things that you're, you know, like how is, you know, um, recently I did a reading and I was like, hey, how's, how are things going? Like, what do I need to keep in mind with everything happening in the world? Like tornado and pandemic and I pulled the star and I was like okay so like nothing is fixed right like this the pandemic is still going on we're all still quarantined like half my town is still washed away by a tornado but like in this moment like I have my job we can afford to eat <laughs> my pets are healthy I'm with my husband um I'm tired because my workload is tripled <laughs> but I'm fine and that is such a star you know just this reminder of inevitable fineness or current fineness as we move forward, which is really funny because very typically, even though the star, I thought I'm going to shut up. I'm such a talker, but when we, the tower comes before the star, but we almost never pull the star, meaning that the tower is over. When we pull the star, it's happening simultaneously very often with the tower. No, and I agree about that because, and it's so perfect that, that the star would follow the, the tower because it's that it's that moment after the terrible thing has happened, whatever that terrible thing might be. And it's, and it's literally as, as the bricks hit the dirt and all that dust comes up and it's not quite settled, but you are able to kind of go, okay, that happened. Mm -hmm. What, what now? What yeah. next? And, mm -hmm. and I think that can be very inspiring for people, you know, and it's just, I think we all get, especially in times like this where it's just, it's so stressful and it's so hard. I mean, you know, my, my, my muggle job um, is getting <laughs> affected by this pretty badly uh, and, and that's very stressful and, yeah. and, you know, just being a little bit fearful. I mean, fortunately where we're at, we don't have uh, very many, very many cases uh, in Arizona and boy, we're all really hoping it gets hot soon, but mm. you know, you just, you get so bogged down in what you're doing and you kind of almost have blinders on. And I love so much that idea of look, look up because this disaster isn't all that is. And it's not forever. It's not eternal, you know, because life is, as you say, it's very cyclic. So we're, if you think about the, the wheel, I know that's not today's card, but if you think about the wheel, we're kind of at that bottom and you take that breath and you go, okay, let's get to the, get to the top. Let's get through this. And, and this is such a great reminder to keep pushing through and to look up and and just remember that there's so much to, to still be grateful for. And I, and I know it's so, so hard right now with people, you know, people have lost their jobs. People don't have access to things, which they should have access to things, but that's a whole other issue. But <laughs> it's just, <laughs> you, you've got to run out of storage by now, but um, <laughs> I shouldn't have gone on that tangent. I apologize, but no, I love it's it. just, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's cool. great. Um, but being able to to just to look up and and see the light and just know we're gonna get through this, you know. And right now we're talking about a pandemic, but 
if you scale it back down to, to something else or like navigating grief, which is again, how I got into all of this is, is processing that. And it's just, it is so difficult sometimes, you know, to deal with those, those waves of emotions. And again, I come back to that idea with the star where it, you're being renewed and it, you just know that you're going to have to to keep going. And sometimes you, you get so overwhelmed with your emotions. You know, sometimes those waves are huge and it's that breath in between the waves. And I think that's what, what the star really, really talks about. Yeah, it is. It's, it's kind of like, um, I'm really bad at directions. So bad. I have to have a GPS or I'm not leaving kind of bad. I don't know interstate names, nothing. And uh, so I swear this makes sense. I promise. Last night, um, we've moved. We've only been here, this house for a month. And I, again, bad at direction. So I usually have to memorize my route. And last night was the first night I attempted to drive home without my GPS. So, and for my friend Ian listening, he's dying laughing because literally it's a straight shot. It's 13 miles on one road, but that's the level of ineptitude we're talking about. Um, There is one turn to get on to like basically the road that takes me to my house. And I didn't know where it came and I had my GPS turned off and I was like, okay, okay. And then the panic started to set in. I think I missed my turn. I think I missed it. I probably missed it. I'm not going to be able to tell my husband I drove all the way here without my GPS because now I have to look at my GPS. And I, I kind of had this, this is a very tiny tower star moment, but like it was huge for me at the second. And I was just like, all of a sudden I went, oh, you know what? I looked up and I looked around me and I said, I haven't passed the school on my right yet, which means that I've not missed my turn. And like, it was kind of this direction out of the panic that I was like, right. Okay. So I'm not there yet. I don't, I, I got lost and I got scared, but I haven't passed the school on my right yet. So I'm going to keep going and trust that if I go a few minutes further, that school will be on my right. And then my turn will be next. And so I did. So I, I refocused and I did that and I did not miss my turn and I didn't use my GPS. And it was the first time I drove to my house by myself as a 26 year old adult woman. And, uh, you know, like a (laughs) tiny star moment of kind of just like, you're not home. You may be lost, but if you take a second and you look around, there's a second to kind of recalculate or zoom in and, and recalibrate yourself to what is real and what is the panic telling you of you know, the, the disaster, the issue, whatever that tower for somebody may be, because the star happens in the midst of it and, um, is followed by the moon. And this is my next question for you. Why do you think there is the sequence of tower star then moon? Because the star is a very peaceful card, right? It's very hopeful. But when we get to the moon, we're going into more of like this depth of like, uh, uncertainty. We're going deeper into the water and it can, it can feel wild. It can feel primal. And I want to know how you think that transition happens. We go from one body of light to the, to the second. Oh goodness. No, no pressure at all. Very good. Sorry. Well, I was thinking when we're listening, when I was listening to, and I have to remember that I'm on this podcast and not just listen and, and remember to say things, but you, know, <laughs> you were talking about your story. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about, you know, you know, and you're just like, oh no, I think I missed my turn. And in my head, I'm going, Jacqueline, I bet you weren't there just yet. So it's a, it's a wait, mm-hmm. patience, let's keep going. And I was thinking that that's probably one of the reasons why when you look at the traditional um, depiction of the star, there's one foot in the water. And if I remember correctly, there's one foot 
on the ground. Yeah. There we go. Uh-huh. On the ground. So that reminds you to not get lost in, in, in the emotions, in the water. Keep that foot on the ground and go, wait. It's a grounding moment. So then if you're going from a grounding moment into the moon, which talks about intuition, ah, I need to be grounded and I need to trust my intuition and not get lost, so lost in those dark things that come up. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. 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 They do have one foot in the water and one foot on the ground. What a beautiful way to talk about that card. Oh my God. I love that so much. Like, oof, that just like you channeled that information. Yes. It is so much that they're like, they're grounded and they're panicked. And you, so you have to have like one, you have one foot in both places. You have to find a way to like be in the uncertainty and also ground yourself at the same time because going into the moon, it's kind of this preparation for like, find your peace, hold it because we're about to go deeper. We're about to submerge. Things are about to get a little bit shady. (laughs) (laughs) But, oh God, I love that you said that because yeah, what a, what? You didn't even have that card in front of you. What like an insult. No. No, I just, the only cards I have in front of me are the star. And then I actually uh, kept my chariot from the muse deck. Uh, when we were talking earlier, I was going to bring this up that when I was listening to the episode about the chariot, this card specifically, oh my gosh, I just channeled it the entire time. Like I understand so much what this means with the, the light radiating out, radiating out of the, out of the chest, but that's a segue coming back. No, that's great. I love when we connect other episodes. That episode with Megan was really fun because uh, the chariot is such like this kind of important card because it's at the end of uh, it's at the end of the lifeline, which is so funny because you would not think if I had asked somebody new to tarot, like what card do you think ends the lifeline? They would not have said the chariot. They would have said death. So it's just a very interesting way to like put that there. Uh, But it is, it is kind of this where light is placed in the tarot and how it's used in different parts of the major arcana um, is really important. So like in the star, it is above us and there are many stars because there are many chances for hope, um, which I think is significant. But in the chariot, in your card, that light is emanating from their heart. So it's kind Correct. of like, so it's the following the, the light from within. Yeah. That and intrigued. the chariot is just a, endlessly fascinating card um i've i've been spending a lot of time with it recently just you know writing about it and and really thinking about it just trying to figure out it's that it's it's the channeling the hope and and putting that out into the into the world i don't know why i'm gesturing so much you're the only one who can see me but oh have you i've been like there (laughs) we've got calisthenics going here i've literally been like jacksing my arms for the majority of this (laughs) video (laughs) I'm just sitting here calmly drinking my coffee. Yeah, you're... I'm not all the way awake yet, but <laughs> we're getting there. But again, you're exactly right about the the placement of light and the way the way that you you channel that and the way it, there's such a flow with the way that the energy and the light moves. And sometimes sometimes it's being channeled into you, and sometimes you need to channel it out outward and help mm-hmm. others and be that light, which is exactly what the hermit is about. But again, see how okay. we're talking about channeling hope. But it, but it all, but you know, like it does, it all, it does all connect. And so often when I, I mean, like listening to the podcast and listening back, like a lot of the times our conversations do branch into other cards because life is not segmented in that way. Life is messy and intertangled and woven. Uh, you know, that's why life is very often compared to a tapestry. Like these things come together because we build off 
of the cards we've been through before. So you're completely right to bring up the chariot, especially in your deck where light is coming out of them because that imagery is so important. Um, I wanted to tap on the moon for a quick second. Uh, so when we go from the star to the moon to the sun, I want to tell you a theory I have. <laughs> I'm so excited. Let me get my coffee. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. She's got her ER cup. Ready to go. Uh, okay. So stars, actually like our sun is a star and some stars are suns for different planets. So in, in the star, we are working with what may be another planet's sun. We don't necessarily know. Maybe an astrologer does, but I'm not that. So go with me here. Uh, so we're kind of in this place where we're, we, we're gathering hope. We're tying ourselves to hope because that light is coming. That hope is coming. We're being guided forward. We go into the moon where the, the body, the planetary body we're being ruled by has control over us, right? We're, we're, giving up control. The moon is pushing and pulling and twisting us around. It's relating us back to that primal energy, reminding us that we are inherently water. We are inherently earth. We are inherently nature. And we have to go back and find that feralness almost. Um, so that when we're dealing with things that are hard or unsure, what we have to rely on is our instincts, especially when things like our government or our society, they're not giving us proper answers. The, the one thing we can rely on is the human and natural instinct to survive, almost evolve, right? Because the moon evolves and devolves every month. It becomes new. It twists its shape. It's a very fluctuating card and it's why it relates so well to werewolves that kind of mythology because those are people that are able to evolve and transform depending on the need and then we go from there back into the sun where now that we're able to we've had hope we've evolved now that we've been able to kind of experience the different facets and the different forms of humanity or of a problem or of a thing that or of our question that we have we come into the sun where now we're able to see things very very clearly we've gotten closer to the star we are now hope is all around us, like guiding our life. Like we are now in that place where it's almost like in the star, we're not there. We're in the midst of a thing, but we're breathing. And by the time we reach the sun, all of a sudden, now we're at the light at the end of the table. That is the light at the end of the table. We are there. It's the, that is fantastic. I love it. <laughs> and I, it's the, it's the light of revelation. So you go through the tower and, and the star, the dust is settling. And then in the moon, you know, in the star, you can see the light, but in the moon, you take maybe a, a turn in that tunnel and suddenly you can't see the light. And so now you have to deal with some dark and, and scary things. But then once you've dealt with it and you trust your intuition and you go from, if you remember, and of course you remember, but in the moon, we've got, we have a dog and a wolf. I've always noticed that about the card. So what is a dog? A dog is a very domesticated animal, but what is a wolf? A wolf runs wild, runs free. So you're dealing with those thoughts and those fears that are that are wild and you're effectively trying to to tame them or domesticate them so you can then move on and by moving on that's when you come into the light of the sun and mm -hmm. by the light of day everything looks very different and you can see that those things that you were frightened of or those things you didn't deal with those were I don't want to say not as bad as you thought because some things are are terrible but it's something that you can see and that you can, you can deal with that you're a, yeah. you're able to look at whatever that darkness was and you're able to deal with it once you've made it to the light of the sun. Yeah. Oh, this is such the rebirth line is such a fascinating, it's so fascinating because we become, it's about like rebirthing and rebirth. Um, 
is it about like going back into your body and like being reborn, like reincarnation? It's not, it's about going back to being energy. It's about your rebirth to spirit, rebirth to being part of the world in that very energetic way. Um, and I think that sometimes those meanings get twisted, but because of that, because the rebirth is involving us going back to our natural energy, that thing, that primordial thing we are when we don't have a body keeping us kind of anchored. And you know, the star could even be said like that, the way that you described, this is like my brain just fired this way. So we're going to take a hard left like me without a GPS. Um, this (laughs) This just, just wait, wait for the school and turn right. You're going to make it. We're taking a hard left right here, but I think it's, you know, (laughs) so, you know, we have one foot in rebirth. We have one foot where we have, we're still living our, we still have our human experience in mind, but we're now energy. So we're in that two kind of place, right? We're in two places at once and we're not, we haven't gone back into the womb. We haven't gone back into a body where we're tabula rasa. We are pri- we are in this giant dispersed state where we are everything and nothing all at once in the rebirth line. And it's really fascinating about how we kind of learn how to be that we learn that our human experiences are very they're very small compared to any everything happen happening universally and i think this what we're going through right now is a giant reminder that we've been living our lives whether you know whether we've been advocating or not from a very capitalistic view of okay like i realize that things should not be this way but if i don't work 9 to 5 and go in and try my hardest that i'm not going to get to point b which is promotion which is a raise which is you know like we've been very us focused this happening. And I'm not saying that this is the reason for this. I'm not. I'm just saying this is a lesson we can learn in the midst of this crisis is that life isn't inherently about us. It's not. It it has kind of developed that way, but it's about everybody. And we have to remember that we have to make decisions like staying inside, which is not really that difficult for a lot of people. That's a very classist thing to say, so we have to be careful. But for a lot of people, it's not hard to just stay home. Um, well, and I think I think you're exactly right on on that point because I think, um, you know, because I do work in the in the world of, of finance, and people yeah. have feelings about that, and that's fine. I actually very much enjoy what I do because I enjoy the the, the helping people aspect. Yeah, um, uh, I'm a member of Rotary International, so there's things about service that I take very very seriously, and I think that with what we're going through right now is yeah, what do we do for recreation? We, we spend, we're out, we're outside of the food chain. What else are we going to do? So let's go buy, buy the things, whatever those things happen to be. And I think something like this, where you're forced to stay inside and forced to be in your house, well, not forced, but you should just do the right thing. You should be socially conscious and, and just have some social responsibility and, and, and be home. It's really comparatively, it really is kind of a, it's a moderate inconvenience. Oh, darn. I have to stay in my house where all the things that I went out and bought live. Now I can have time with my things. But setting all of that aside, I think it really is helping people to a certain extent, I hope, reel it back in and go, wow, what really matters in this life? And it's the people that we love. It's, it's those connections. It's an amazing thing. Um, I'm fortunate. I live in a really generous, just incredible community. And there's so many people right now who are reaching out and, and helping their fellow man. And trying to help small businesses. Goodness sake. I, I think I ate out at local restaurants. I don't know, three, four days this week. I'm going to get so fat during this quarantine. 
It'll be amazing. <laughs> no one's going to see anybody because we're all locked in our houses. So I'm fine. I ate a whole no, bag not. last night. That's awesome. Good for you. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I, I just really enjoy going from my, my workspace to my kitchen. It's a perilous journey of about 15 feet. But again, oh. for us, it's, I really do think that, that we're in a very star moment right now because this is, you know, we've had a, a tower for, for me in, in finance watching the stock market do horrible things has, has been yeah. awful. And then now we yeah. couple it with this, this virus. But again, I think it's bringing it, bringing it back in where we're, we're looking down and we're just like, oh my gosh, all these terrible things are happening. Ah, you know, that, that game you used to play as a kid when you go like yes. this with your hands by the side of your head and all you can see is like the flashing, like you're, like you're in a train. You're just like, yeah. oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, everything is so terrible. Stop. Breathe. Okay. So here we are. How are we going to, how are we going to deal with the situation and how lucky are we? What do we have? And so I think it is very much a moment where you're taking that breath and you're appreciating what you have. And, and also from where I'm sitting, what you can do for other people if you're, if you're in a position to do so. Yes. Social consciousness is, you know, we've been kind of forced to live our lives for ourselves to make sure that we can survive. Um, just the way that society has set up, those have been kind of like, you know, I have to work 65 hours a week if I want to like afford my house. Like this has been a very, um, kind of like a very jarring reality of a lot of work can be done from home. A lot of the things that matter are not financially, like it doesn't matter if I don't have enough money to like buy a brand new skirt or a shirt or whatever. Like what matters is like health and does somebody need toilet paper or does somebody need help buying groceries? And this has been kind of the world, especially Nashville has been living in since March 3rd when the tornado hit. Um, it has been very like, how can we go from being very, us centric because we have to be to survive in this society to now things are not in that way. Capitalism is kind of taking a back seat to, for, for the majority of people, maybe not the government, but for the majority of people, you know, it's kind of taking a back seat to, okay, how do we survive this together? Well, and I think I, you know, I'll go back to, to the concept of it's very big in rotary. We talk about service above self. Well, what does that mean? Cause you understand service and doing good and, you know, you take your obligatory selfie and I feel like that part goes against it, but it's setting you and your needs aside to look at someone else and say, how can I help you? It's a, it's a very outward focus, uh, philosophy mm -hmm. about, you know, setting aside my needs, making a sacrifice so I can go help someone else. I can help my community so I can do good. And I think, you know, in, in the, the era of social media, I think that's a, that's a hard thing for people to understand. And so I think in the midst of this, it's setting aside the moderate inconvenience and going out and, and helping people who need help. I mean, we've, my Rotary Club is actually getting ready to, to put it out there that if you need help with grocery shopping, we're in quarantine and we're healthy and we're, we're here to help. Uh -huh. And I just think that that's something, I think that's something modern society needs to, to figure out that it's, it's not me based. It's us based. And I think we're slowly, I mean, I would hope that we're slowly kind of coming out of coming to this place where, you know, it is very evident that the way that we've been living and carrying on cannot continue. And again, this is not like, oh, this is like, this is what the virus was supposed to do. That's, I don't feel like that's fair. Uh, and I don't feel like that's, you know, I don't, I think that can be kind of like a very like band-aid, like optimistic, like positivity only approach to things. I think that though, like with anything, like any bad thing, a good thing will come the same way that when things are good, bad will eventually follow because life is not just a bunch of goods. And 
you know, and it's not just a bunch of bads. There are, there are moments in between everything, you know, we're like in the middle of a tornado. The good thing was seeing our community come together to pick things up and like, yeah, it fucking sucked that we had to do that. But, um, you know, seeing people, you know, that Mr. Rogers, like when things are bad, look for the helpers, seeing the helpers, seeing the people, seeing the humanity and the servitude that is very rebirth line centric from the tarot is this blessing and this reminder that they're doing it, which means you can do it. Absolutely. And I think if you're ever in a position, you know, that's something that you always have to, to look at. And, and society divides out sort of this way is that there's those who live to be served and there's those who look to serve. And it's those people who live to serve that are out there doing, you know, living the, the Mr. Rogers idea about being, being a helper. And I think, mm-hmm. I think human nature is to help and it is to lend assistance. And, and seeing that going on in so many different communities where people just want to help, I, mm-hmm. I think that's a beautiful reminder that, you know, things will go back to, to normal at some point. Nothing, nothing lasts forever. But I think right now we're really... You're, you're right. I don't want to simplify it, but I just think it's a moment of everyone going, oh, we, we can shift our focus. We can take a breath and look around and go, oh, I'm so fortunate. And a lot of people in this country really are. And I know that there's, there's people who are suffering and, and there's a lot of difficulty there. So again, if I'm sitting over here feeling happy and grateful, part of that is I, I as a socially responsible person, I should help where I can and, and make those donations or, or do a service project or just whatever it is out there. And I think people are really, you know, they're looking up and yeah. I think it's amazing. We are, we're tying ourselves to that hope that things are going to find, if not go back to a new normal. And I think for a lot of people, the hope is for a new normal. Uh, just this kind of like new way of going about where we keep that social centricness and Oh, God, this has been a really great conversation. I want to ask you, I, I noticed this while we were talking, and I want to ask you another question about the star um, and get your sure. thoughts on it. In the Smith Rider weight, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight stars, including the big star in the middle, but the star in the middle has eight points. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. Why? I've never, I just like, I, like, as we were talking, I kind of like sat down and like kind of recognized this. And the number eight is about transformation and about, um, just kind of this, uh, fully it's an infinity symbol. So it's about like one hope is eternal, water is eternal, all of that stuff. But it, it also kind of nods to this point of hope is transformative. It can transform a moment from a moment of like, shit, I'm lost to a moment of, no, I wasn't lost. Like I thought I was lost, but I'm not. And I was right. Or I'm going somewhere. You know what I mean? I want to get your thoughts on that. (laughs) Well, and no, I think that's a a really great point. Um, And if we remember what eight also means is it means movement. Yep. So that ties back into what we've been talking about is, you know, when something terrible happens, there's people who spring immediately to action, but then there's other people who (gasps) freeze and Mm -hmm. Again, as that dust settles and we go back, we move into into the star. It's a reminder to don't be stuck in in the tower moment. Keep moving. Continue to move. Continue to find that find your north, find your direction. But again, just keep going. Dig down and keep going. Stay grounded and and keep going is what I think that that means. Oh my gosh. Okay, I have to tell you, this has been one of the most 
like beautiful conversations I've gotten to have on this card and on, on the, I just love this so much. Um, I want to, I want to, one, I want to ask you if there's anything else you want to talk about. And then I want to tell you what you've taught me today. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, if you put me on the spot, I have, I have no notion. I, I was just trying to earn a, a, a gold star for, for tarot reading today. So I feel great about that. And hopefully there was some useful insight um, that the, yeah. that your listeners will get out of this. Oh, I absolutely think so. There's been, I, I have like learned all over the place here. Um, and I want to just point out like the thing that you taught me that will be like, as soon as like every, literally like I go journal these, like I have a journal full of like things that people have taught me from this podcast. It's great. Um, you know, you pointed out and I, and we've talked on this a couple of times, but I just think it's really important to say you picked up on the fact that in the Smith Rider weight, there is one foot in the water and one foot on the ground. And I think this is something that we've seen and something that people see. We obviously know this is the position of the card, but what we have not talked about is what you said in regards to keeping one foot in hope and one foot grounded, like in the unknown and in, and in like where you are, like in the reality of something like that's so important. And I think it really clarifies and we, you know, I think there's a lot of confusion when people pull the star, they're like, oh, everything's going to be over and I'll be totally fine. And it's like, no, like you're still in it. Like you're still in it, but there's hope there and there's peace where you are right now. And this is like the moment after a good cry where you're just like, nothing is fixed, but like emotionally there's this catharsis. And I think that just this person having that foot in the water shows like a very transformative, almost cathartic um, way of emoting that I think is very, very cool. Um, and just the fact that you brought that up with the, with the notion of, one foot, one place and one foot on in water, one foot on land. Like just like what a really, really, um, deep channeled intuitive thought that is from something that most people, including myself looked at and were like, yeah, that's just how they're kneeling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just tickled to, to, to be here because I've, I've taken some of your courses and I followed you obviously on Instagram for some time. And I've learned a lot from, from you through Instagram. And then of course, through through the podcast, I've, I've learned a lot. You know, when I touched on on that episode about the chariot, it was just the most incredible aha moment. So I think it's so wonderful that you're putting this out there, you know, in such a in such a fun, relatable way. And it's it's just a, a real pleasure to to have been on the show and then to have gotten to, to talk with you face to face. Yeah, thank you. That's so nice. This has been this has been very exciting. And you're you're one of those accounts that like I'm like I follow and I'm like oh I just I just love her. Like I just like I have so much appreciation and I love the way that you read and I love I love how dedicated you are to like talking about tarot for yourself and for others and um, just like this knowledge you have about decks. Like just like that for somebody that if you're a person that collects a lot of decks, you're obviously very much an imagery person, like very pictorially channeled in, like just a very visual probably type learner. Um, and I think oh, very much so. Yeah, definitely. I, re I relate to that very much because I'm a visual learner. Um, and so, you know, just seeing your posts and that, like when you were like, I'll be on this podcast. I was like, yeah, please. Also, thank you so much for all of your makeup tips. Uh, because like <laughs> even through social media and like messaging and like, we've never talked face to face before. Like we are, we were able to like make that connection. And so I'm just really grateful that like we got to do this and you were on. And I think people are going to get so much from this episode and from you and you'll have to come back if you would come back. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I would, would love to. And you know, the other thing that we relate on, I, I wasn't sure what you were going to say when, when you said, Oh, this is what I think of or how you contributed. And I was like, was it the closed eyed giraffe drawing? Is that what it was? Oh my Remember? God. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> so let me tell you this ridiculous story because I took that. Um, Cause I'm a, I'm a, I'm an ex-president of my Rotary Club, 
And for people who are not into rotary, they're just like, oh my God, this girl and her rotary. But it's been a super important part of my life. Um, it's made me a, a tremendous leader. But every once in a while, I get to I get to guest host our lunch meetings. And I think it was one of those meetings where we ended up not having a speaker. I'm like, okay, I need an activity. I need an activity. And I had a couple of ideas. And then I landed on, and you're going to laugh. And I kept all of them. But I made my rotary club full of business owners and elected officials. I made them do the closed eye draft drawings with this thought. And they did it. They totally did it. They're like, she's insane. Like I might be, but just stick with me. They're like, so this is what I, what I came up with from, from the closed eye draft drawings is that, you know, it might seem ridiculous and pointless and there's just so much going on, but sometimes it's okay to let go and just have a little fun. And that's what Rotary is about is it's taking a break from business and hustle to have fun with your friends and go out there and try to do some good in the world. So that's what I did with your closed eye draft drawing. Oh, that means so much to me. Oh my God. I remember like I found that and I did it. And let me tell y'all, okay, here's the thing. I cannot draw regularly. Can't do it. It would not surprise any, any of you to learn that with my eyes closed, it gets worse. But Bernadette, <laughs> she messaged me and she's like, I'm going to do it. And she like sends me the most comprehensive closed eye giraffe with like horns and like a neck and a face and legs. And I was like, that's not fair. That's. <laughs> <laughs> but that idea, I, I must have laughed about that for, oh gosh, I'm still laughing about it. It's just the funniest thing and that that instagram account i hope it's still going i haven't looked it does every once in a while it comes up and i'm just like um for those who don't know what i'm talking about and i think this would be like really fun so when you listen to this episode send me or send bernadette at sterling hop uh your closed eye giraffe like so all you have to do this is very difficult are you ready these are the instructions pen and paper close your eyes draw a giraffe uh and then send it to us so we can see it Oh yeah, that's gonna be fantastic! I can't, I can't wait. I think, I think with situations being what they are, I think we could all use a good giggle. And there is nothing more ridiculous than drawing a giraffe with your eyes closed. Oh my gosh, I love that you brought that to your people. That's just so fun! Oh my god, like this is like the magic of social media, right? The magic of it. Um, Absolutely. Thank you so much, Burnett. Can you tell people where they can find you, or if they wanted to do a reading with you, or if they wanted to like read more about? I know I've said Sterling Hawk on Instagram, but you know. Oh, sure. So uh, best place to find me is definitely uh, Instagram. I post almost daily. Um, I do my, my daily reading. So uh, my handle is at, at Sterling Hawk. So Sterling, like, you know, Sterling Silver and Hawk, like the bird of prey. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm like about to go like frantically journal. Um, this has been so, I'm just very excited and thank you for being on and I'll have to get, I want to get in touch with you because I want to reschedule. I want to, I want, I want you to come back on this podcast. This has been really great for me. Thank you. You're so welcome. And I would lo- absolutely love to come back. It's, it's been a pleasure, Jacqueline. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I hope you have a great quarantine day and um, I'm going to message you in just a little bit because, oh God, this was so great. Thank you so much for this. You're very welcome. Thank you, Jacqueline. Y'all, I had the best time getting to talk to Bernadette about the star, which is just a very gentle and wonderful card, and I think something we all need a little bit of right now, this conversation. Uh, But as we all know, this is the part of the podcast where I come out and break down episode by episode this Tiger King nonsense. Uh, It's the collective reading. This 
week. Uh, this week we are talking about the moon. This is the energy we were in. We are in collectively, and you know I think this is really, really important because the moon is a card we also bring up in regards to talking about the star because it comes right after the star. How that applies to where we are currently is that we're all kind of quarantined in our houses. We're all kind of in this star space, right? And we've been uh, home and able to, hopefully most of us are healthy and in place and able to be with our family and our pets and our environment and stay healthy, even in the midst of this chaos. Because as we talked about in the podcast, the star doesn't come when things are over. It comes in the midst. It's the eye, the calmness that is the eye of the storm. Uh, But in the moon, we are moving past the star. We are moving past that moment of safety and in peace and comfort. And we're moving into a more complicated space of what next and what now. And as we all know, um, according to the news, we are approaching, you know, last week and this week are supposed to be incredibly difficult. And none of us know what that means. We don't know if we need to be domesticated in our homes or the woof and be in a state of defense. Uh, what I think we're being called to do this week is kind of take the position of the the crawfish in this card. This creature who gets tossed about by the waves, right? They're small, but at the same time, they have this home built on them. Uh, the same that protects them from the elements of the ocean and from crawling around on shore. And even in the midst of the chaos and the, and the whirling and twirling and all of that, you know, we have this ability to kind of anchor down, stay put, keep our barrier on, whether that mean literally like a mask and gloves or our home, or if that mean emotionally kind of this position of if we follow the rules and do what we're supposed to do, we're going to make it through this. Um And for some of us, that may not be the case, or we may not have gotten out of this without getting sick. And the moon kind of talks about the state of we've come full circle in regards to this for some of us. Uh, And now it's time to see where we go from here. The moon is the moon doesn't have to be a scary card for this next week. But it does kind of come with this element of what do we not know? But I also think that that'll be very much illuminated after the end of this week. Um, getting through two of the hardest weeks we've come upon in the U.S. in regards to this coronavirus, as said by the news. I hope you are all healthy and home and cozy, and I will see you all next week for the next episode of this podcast. Uh, If you feel led, please rate, comment, subscribe, whatever you want. Big thank you to my husband, Gabriel Kitzman, for editing this podcast, for doing push-ups while he edited this podcast. It was the craziest thing. Um, And then also writing the theme song. He is pissed I'm saying this. I'm going to run away from him and you all now. Bye. (laughs) Bye.